You know, Ricky, I don't have a ton to say about this movie, so I guess it's going to be a short stop. Ah, you did it. We have to go back. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today we are reviewing the 1993 baseball movie, The Sandlot. <laughs> or, um, as I recently found out, it's also known as The Sandlot Kids to uh, people who live oh. overseas, apparently. That was like, that was the Australia and UK oh. version of The Sandlot. Or The Sand Children, a Stephen King novel. <laughs> Funny enough, a lot of the same beats. Yes. They came to play. They stayed for blood. The Sand Children. The Sand Children. That's actually actually really good. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so, man, I love this movie. I cannot wait to talk even more about it. Um, But this, I didn't realize this while, when we picked it, but it's it's a 4th of July movie. It is. It is. Yes, ham eats a hot dog on the 4th of July. Yeah, yeah, and there's that whole game that happens on the 4th of July, and they play it, and it's great. Because it's Um, the only night where they have enough light from the fireworks. Yeah, because that's how electricity was back then. You can just have your newfangled cell phone flashlights. Mm -hmm. You had to wait for the fireworks to light up the sky, you kids these days. Something almost romantic about it, if you're attracted to baseball and fireworks. Yeah, if you love baseball and fireworks, uh, this is the movie for you, really. But yeah, let, let's get into some history of the film. Uh, the movie, as you know, is called The Sandlot, but you might not know that it was not originally called The Sandlot. The original pitch was to be called The Boys of Summer, but then the movie changed uh, because... There was a baseball book by the same name, and the author threatened to sue the pants off of him. Oh. Uh, Yeah. And the movie wasn't originally written about a sand lot. It was was, uh, was about a grass lot? Yeah. Well, it was an elementary school recess yard. Interesting. Yeah. And so overseas, it would have been called the elementary school recess yard kids. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that's what it would have been called. That's difficult. yeah, it's it's a mouthful. It's hard to fit all that on the on the billboard. Um, but yeah, the movie was inspired by uh, partly by real life childhood experiences, where the writer director David Mickey, uh, David Mickey Evans, um, who is also the narrator of the film, um, that was oh. him and his brother's experience. So some older boys wouldn't let Evans play baseball with them. And so when they lost the ball over a brick wall, he thought he could, you know, get on the good side by retrieving it for them. And when he hopped over the wall, he found a giant dog named Hercules waiting for him, and he was bitten. Wow, Ricky, that synopsis also provided background. That was a, ah, that was a two for one. Look at that. Huh. That's it, except the, the biting part. But yeah. Yeah. That's, that's basically it. And, um... And so, you know how at the end of the movie, they're like, oh, all people, any likenesses is like totally a coincidence. Uh, well, he's admitted that it's not. 
in fact, there was actually a lawsuit um, for the person, the real life inspiration for Squints. Oh, um, he almost sued them because he said, "Hey, that makes me look bad. I'm going to sue you for defamation of character." And the judge was like, "Listen, I really like the Sandlot, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no." Was that guy married to the equivalent of Wendy Peppercorn? Oh, uh, see, that's a real question. That's that's the research I should have done is seeing if that was like the real story. I just want to know what the main indicator was for that guy that he was squints. Was it just the glasses, or like did he also, you know, have the grandfather who put away the dog initially? Hmm. Was he constantly perving a dish, as they say in the film? <laughs> Yeah, I think that I think after that moment he just probably walked out. It's like, well, I've never. <laughs> um, but we don't want to get sued for defamation of character, so we'll just assume that it was all a big misunderstanding. Yeah, sorry about um, you, Mister Real Squints. Yeah, um, but yes, the movie um, it takes place in 1962. Something I don't think I realized when I saw this movie as a kid. Um, I just assumed that these were just kids in the 90s doing 90s things. Movie town. Uh, yeah, <laughs> movie town. Uh, the movie grossed $33 million worldwide and grossed $4 million over its first opening weekend. And uh, VHS and DVD sales were estimated at $76 million. So, it became a cult favorite, which was super surprising to me, because I thought that this movie was wildly successful and super famous, because I remember watching it a ton growing up. But Yeah, I think it's more just a sign of the times when we were watching movies. Right. Like you, It's that kind of thing where you are watching a movie, so you assume that everyone has watched it. It's like, oh, I'm seeing something that clearly everyone else has seen. Yeah, I was telling my wife, I think that this movie uh, is one of the most watched movies by Little Grayson uh, than, uh, I think, Back to the Future probably is the only one that I've watched more. It's like Back yeah. to the Future, then Sandlot. Yeah, pretty much any time there was like a school day where they rolled in the VHS player, mm. um, the Sandlot was being played. Pretty much almost any time. So I've seen this movie a ton. Although there's some uh, language in this film. Yeah. Which I found out about during a uh, church event where they aired the <laughs> Sandlot. <laughs> Mistake. <laughs> the families were not happy. Oh, that is hilarious. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, the movie... Yeah, it, it it's surprisingly had mixed reviews from critics. A lot of people, it has like a 50 something rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Like a lot of people are hating on this movie, but I don't know if they watch the same movie as me or maybe I still have hope in my life or joy in my heart. I don't know. Cause I just, I was just smiling the entire time throughout this movie. Um, but it, it was fun. And it, the movie inspired uh, two sequels that <laughs> were, uh, inspired. Uh, first one came out in 2005 called The Sandlot 2 is a direct-to-video sequel which the new Sandlot gang is featured. Uh, the only returning cast member is James Earl Jones. Uh, <laughs> it's set 10 years after the first movie. I'm laughing because 
before we start recording, Grayson was watching the trailer. And he said, oh yeah, James Jones says, ah, oh, it's been 10 years since I saw the other Sandlot kids. Ah, oh, I miss him. That's what he says. <laughs> Boy, do I miss him. It just made me laugh because it's like it's like he's commenting on the movie itself. It's like, oh, you guys are here. I remember back in my day. Ah, oh, those were good times. Really uh, good. Yeah. So basically, it's a uh, a generation Xerox of the first movie, um, only with girls in the group, and um, instead of it being a baseball, it's a model rocket that gets lost. Oh, really? 1972? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've already been on the moon for three years at that point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then there was uh, The Sandlot Heading Home, um, another direct-to-DVD uh, sequel starring Luke Perry as Tommy Santorelli, who gets knocked back into 1976 from 2005 and relives his childhood. Where Chauncey, the party, reprises his role as Squints. They they actually got Squints to come back? They got Squints to come back. Um, he doesn't play himself, though, from my understanding. Disappointing. No, I take that back. No, he is. He, he, he comes back as Squints. Oh, my um, goodness. Yeah, and so, basically, it's a bit of a think like, the kid with Bruce Willis, except... He goes back into his own timeline as a kid, uh, and he learns about the power of friendship. So he kind of quantum leaps himself. There it is. That's the better appropriate description of it. It doesn't sound appropriate. <laughs> you see, I quantum leaped myself. Oh. I really just want to get into talking about this movie with you. Um but a couple more fun facts. The vomit used in the ride scene was split pea soup, baked beans, oatmeal, and a little water. It was a little water. That was pretty <laughs> splashy. Yeah. And then, interestingly enough, a fun fact. Uh, five of the members of the Sandlot baseball team uh, all had roles in different episodes of Boy Meets World. Oh, that is will, fun. I'm saying that as a setup because headcanon will pay off later. Um, last fun fact is this movie did make its way to Laserdisc. So for all of our Laserdisc enthusiasts, uh, let us know when you have to flip the disc over. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to think that it's when he jumps over. Or like, oh, no. <laughs> I think it's just like right as Squints gets taken out of the water. Like, come on, Squints, come on. And you just have to flip it over, I think, from there. It's either that or when the vacuums explode and you just see flames come out of the treehouse. <laughs> Please turn the disc over. <laughs> what happened? Oh. What happened? All right. So, um, reactions. Grayson, what, like, so when's the last time you saw this film? Hmm. Last time I saw this was probably sophomore year of college. So. Oh, really? So that recently? Doesn't seem recent. I mean, that's Sorry. eight years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, if I he waited two more me. years, I'd be feeling just like James Earl Jones did in The Sandlot 2. <laughs> Boy, I sure do miss those. Those games. Sitting on my oh, back porch. <laughs> just listening to the crack of the bat. 
Oh goodness, uh, man. So okay, yeah. I think this is the la- the most recent. I no, you know what? I think I last time I saw it was in college too. Um, because I remembered a lot more than what I was expecting to. Um, but again, I also saw this movie a ton growing up, and like I said before, I didn't realize this was like a period film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was like about this '90s kid who grew up to be even more of a. I don't know how I thought time worked. I just didn't. I knew I didn't think it would took place in 1962. Um, but I think the thing I definitely do not remember at all is like the first five minutes of this movie of him walking through the stadium. I have zero recollection of that ever happening. I just remember them all, him moving. That was it. That that was the beginning. Um, mm. And his mom is the love interest of Sir Indiana Jones. Um, oh. Yeah, that's her. Miss Totally Know Her Name. Karen Allen. Yeah, Karen Allen. Yeah, she uh, she is Smalls' mom. I thought that was interesting. And Dennis Leary, which I would never expect myself, like, as a kid to remember Dennis Leary. <laughs> I mean, unless you're... I mean, current-day kids may remember him. Because of Ice Age. Right. But back then it was, you know, Dennis Leary was not a, a saber-toothed tiger. He just wasn't. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I was super surprised to see him there. Um, and the other thing I thought was really funny is just, like, how different the time was back or like a different time that the 60s were for more than one reason. But mainly because the mom's like, listen... Stop staying here and developing your skill as an engineer. Get outside and make some friends. She does acknowledge, though, that that's weird, that she wants them to get in trouble. True. Yeah. I mean, but and I think the relationship between Smalls and Dennis Leary was actually really interesting because that wasn't as normal a thing then as it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of toying with the, the playing with the blended family dynamic. Mm-hmm. But either way, whenever Dennis Leary spoke, I just wanted to buy a pickup truck. <laughs> it's something about his voice. It's like, yeah. I don't know why, but I'm going to go get a pickup truck. I just want to help my friends move for some reason. I don't know. Something just, about the cut of his jib. I think that's the youngest I've ever seen him. Yeah. I could say that too. Yeah. The youngest I've definitely seen him. The um I think the thing that I love the most about the movie cuz a lot of people in the reviews I've seen other reviews of this movie were saying, "Oh man, this movie's like it's overly fantasized." I'm like, "But you guys don't get it. Like this is about this kid's perspective. Like I felt like a kid like rewatching this movie. Like the perspective of a kid being like, "Oh yeah, like, the embellishment of it is just, like, exactly how a kid would be like, oh, man, he hit this ball, and it just flew over, and this giant dog, like, this beast of a dog just came mm-hmm. up and ate it, and, like, the, the the kid's perspective of the dog, until they actually interacted with the dog, was so much bigger and larger than life, and I'm like, no, I get that. Like, that's what dogs are when you're <laughs> a kid. Like, they are these beasts. That shouldn't exist except for in an olden age. That's why they were like, yeah, this dog is 172 years old. 
uh, ate all these people, all the thieves went missing, and he ate them. <laughs> just like, yeah, that sounds about right. Like, I feel like that's the thing. And the kids are just like, believe, like wholeheartedly believing all the rumors. Yeah, the kid went over there once. He ate him. That's not true. It is. It is true. <laughs> like those. Like I just remember. Like that's what it was a lot like. And if I'm being really honest, I was totally smalls as a kid. Oh yeah. Like absolutely. One hundred and ten percent. So when Smalls walked up and tried to play baseball, I was just like, "Oh, Smalls, I feel for you, dude." Like that was me. So awkward. Trying so hard to fit in. Like trying to like be in with all the cool things i was just like oh man that was it except for me it was uh football i I played i also did try to play baseball at one point in time uh i was horrible at it horrible at it tried collecting baseball cards and everything i (laughs) had this (laughs) folder of cards i filled up i'm like all right and i looked at them i'm like who are these people like i didn't i had zero clue who anyone was, uh, what any of the stats meant. I'm like, okay, I guess, I don't know. I basically treated it like a scrapbook. Uh, and then <laughs> lost it forever. These are all options of what you can be. <laughs> like picking out a haircut at the yeah. <laughs> barber. I, uh, it, good. Well, I, I looked it up. Uh, this was actually uh, Dennis Leary's fourth acting credit. So wow. he really hadn't been in a lot of things, and one of those was just a short. So this was the first big thing that he was in. Hmm. So that's interesting. There you go. Yeah, I um, I, I mean, man, the kids. I love the cast. Um, I loved just pretty much everything about this movie. Like, it's it's a feel good movie. It's a coming of age film, and goodness, it was just a delight to watch because. I remember summers like this. Like I, I forgot about summers where you would hang out and just do a thing. Like when I w- went to the YMCA, um, not a sponsor. Uh, I went to the YMCA. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the YMCA during uh, the summer. Like all we did was just hang out and like watch movies. But like we were just positively made of time, and we could we just hung out and played games, like danced with each other, and like did all of these really. We we just went on like these mini adventures with each other, and we got closer to each other, uh, and it it was just a a snapshot of that time in your life where. Just the not even like everything's great, but just like a perfect summer or um, like this perfect season of life where things are just great. Like it, it was a great little snapshot of that. Mm-hmm. And oh man, I just I have so many great things to say about this movie. For me, it was basically the Sandlot scenario, except uh, with street hockey. We had a cul-de-sac that we would play in, so you didn't have through traffic. You really only had. The people that lived on the cul-de-sac, if they pulled in, you had to pause the game. And two of the kids that were part of this team lived on the cul-de-sac. So that was really helpful. And we just wheel the nets out. But, man, we spent a lot of time on skates. Like inline? 
it was in line, out of line, <laughs> toe in the line, out of order. Yeah, they were all inline skates, and okay. uh, and we were always like, "Oh, cool! You like upgraded your wheels," <laughs> and we got like some really nice skates um, and some and some sticks. Like no one ever had the the thought that we would become professional hockey players or anything like that. Like I don't think any of us even played ice hockey. It's just we liked rolling around and hitting the ball, so that's mm. what we did. We didn't really have a Benny either. We didn't we didn't have someone who's like, that guy's really going places in the world of inline street hockey. Like <laughs> there wasn't anything like that. But yeah. Uh, I totally get the environment that they were growing up in. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. F- football was the place or the field. Uh, in Texas, where I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna be such good friends with these guys because like I'm gonna be so good." And I, I was horrible. I was bad. Like I was in sports pretty much my most of my childhood, like all the way up until like junior year of high school, and I was just generally bad at it. <laughs> like I, it was never. It was like Rudy, except a little less endearing. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's just like, oh, man, he tries so hard, and he has all the heart, and he's giving it all. But, man, he's just so bad at this. Like, like not in, like, a sweet way either. It's like, oh, man, he's just really bad at this. You know, it's interesting, uh, this being the Flashback Flicks podcast. Uh, as far as I can remember, this is the first movie that is a flashback flick within the movie. Uh. Ah. He's remembering back. I may be wrong about that. We've done close to 30 different films now, but yeah. Uh I'm thinking that this is uh this is in there. Yeah. Cuz Back to the Future is time travel. So yeah. Yeah, he's he's not reminiscing back. I'm like, let me tell you about the time that I went back and almost kissed my mom. <laughs> Not even almost. All right, cards on the table. She kissed me, but we felt real weird about it. Well, I did. She didn't understand. It was time travel anyway. That's how I met your mother, kids. And that's how we found the guy that waxes the car out front. (laughs) What? Uh, Another interesting tidbit is the actor who played older Benny is the brother of the actor who played younger Benny. Oh, that's which, cool. Right? So I remember as a kid, I'm just like, wow, that kid really grew up. And be, I, I, that's the other thing. As a kid, I remember thinking that I was basically watching a documentary just because of the thing at the end. It's just like, and he grew up to do this. I'm like, oh, wow, that's great. Like, I, I don't know why, but like I thought I was watching like a historical document. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember watching a historical document. Uh, we're, we're, oh yes, when young Squints was perving on the dish, it was fantastic. My Benny, how you have grown. <laughs> that in uh, itself was a flashback to when we did Galaxy Quest. I think we're entering a paradox. But yeah, so uh, let's go ahead and head on down next door down the street to head cannon head cannon all right this one's going straight out the park 
Uh, Headcanon <laughs> is where we discuss our unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the movie. So, first headcanon is that this is all the dream of the dog. What? Her- Hercules dreams about this entire scenario. That is crazy talk. Yeah, well, he has all those baseballs. So what? And what does he do when when balls aren't getting thrown into his yard? He's sleeping. So he okay. dreams about these kids where he's the hero, and he's just like, "Oh man, protecting all these balls." And then it turns out that, "Oh wow, these kids are that bad after all." And then I reward them with my bounty. You're welcome. That's really interesting. Yep. And the movie would have been called Dog Day Afternoon. Kids. <laughs> Dog Day Afternoon Kids, yeah. <laughs> Attica. <laughs> you said that was the first one. Did you have a second one? Oh, yeah. So my second one is more conceptual. Okay. Um, so here's the idea. The biggest idea is that so Ben Savage was in Boy Meets World. Fred Savage was in Wonder Years. The Wonder Years took place in the, let me see, 70s, right? Oh, no, in the 60s. Yeah. Wonder Years 60s. took place in the 60s, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of crossover with the actors from Sandlot and The Boy Meets World. The Wonder Years takes place in the same universe as so The Sandlot. Interesting. The timeline uh, to continue that doesn't necessarily work out, but Squints was in a lot of episodes of Freaks and Geeks, which takes place in the 80s. 80s. (laughs) So maybe Squints didn't do so well in some of his early grades and is still in school. Or maybe Squints and Wendy Peppercorn had a kid. That was fast. <laughs> oh, yeah. There it is. And they had a kid, and he's in the 80s. Freaks and geeks. Headcan. Wow. Ah, nice. Man, I'm really, really proud of that. It's good. It's oh, all connected. Yeah. And the uh, last thing is that <clears throat> Smalls's father, or grandfather, is Indiana Jones. The headcan is that Smalls' mom is the daughter of Indiana Jones' previous love interest. And continued the work of Dr. Jones uh, and has infiltrated this nuclear family unit because mm-hmm. Dennis Leary is actually a Nazi. Uh... And he has stolen the Babe Ruth baseball. And Karen Allen believes... It belongs in a museum. <laughs> there it is. That's nice. It belongs in a museum! For my headcanon, I'm not going to go through each individual one because I've done this in a previous one and it took forever. Uh, but to look at the uh, some of the key players, asides from... Uh, Like, you take Smalls out of it, and you take uh, Benny out of it. The remaining seven uh, that basically don't make it to the end, because they all kind of fade away, Mm -hmm. uh, 
just look for ties as to how they could be related to the seven deadly sins again. Um, from Ham's gluttony to uh, Squince's lust to uh, Yaya's uh, wrath. Like, there's all these kind of, like, mm. mixings in there. Uh, and I don't even know if it completely works out, but keep an eye out for that. Hmm. I will. I always think that kind of stuff's really interesting. Like, SpongeBob did that. Gilligan's Island did yeah. that. Um, and it's uh, typically a, an interesting way to build out a large-scale cast like that while not losing your footing. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And baseball is hell. Like well, they minutes. did say, they do say at one point that the game never ended. They would just pick up where they left off. And it was like, oh, this seems like a kind of purgatory situation. Uh and, and and the fact that it's guarded by a beast and the, like all of these like these icons that basically the only safe place is like up in the treehouse, uh. um, having the like above and below the different levels there. Um, yeah, I don't know it's just something to think about. So it's not like a definitive head cannon, but it's like hey, it's like a it's like a head revolver. Think yeah. about it. Well, that's as good as time as any to go into <laughs> recast or remake. Um, if this movie were to be made today, uh, or remade, yeah, remade today, who would we cast, and what would the story be? I have never wanted to like not do a remake more than with this movie. Like the movie's good and so pure. Like I, I'm just like watching this movie. I'm like, it's too good. It's just. Yeah perfect as it is it's just like as soon as they roll the credits it's just like here's there's a bow it's done like you don't you don't need it It, because like they tried doing the sequels about like hey baseball childhood 60s movie um but like this movie just captures it so well and it's hard to beat that um so that being said Season one, Luke from Modern Family as Dang Smalls. Um, I would say, I'm trying to think of it, of who else I would cast. That that that's who I'd start with. Yeah, I'd say uh, Tom Holland uh, from Spider Man. Oh as, yeah, as Smalls, and then um, season one, Luke from Modern Family for the other eight. <laughs> Just a team of season one, Luke. Yeah, Luke's range. He just he pulls like a quadruple uh, parent trap. It'd be like that Bugs Bunny cartoon. It was like Bugs at first, Bugs at shortstop, Bugs in yeah. the outfield, and Bugs hits a homer. Oh man, I I remember that cartoon. Way to way to cite Looney Tunes, man. <laughs> I think it'd have to be uh, the entire original cast for it to work. Because since it is a cult classic, you would have buy-in. Mm-hmm. You get the whole cast in there, and you call it extra innings. And mm. uh, they're maybe they're in town for like a a school reunion, whatever it is. Um, they kind of come back. Even Bertram, who got real lost in the sixties, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never heard from him again. Yeah, the. Um... I think that's good. I think if they just uh, had like a short, even if it was just like a short film reunion uh, where they, 
I'm trying to think of how old they would have to be because that takes place in the 60s. I think it would have to take place in the 90s. So they pick up in like 1993 when the movie came out, and it's just called like Pickup Game or something. Well, it'd have to pick up after we see uh, Smalls right. doing the the commentating. Right. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. No, I like that. Like in 2013, because that's the 20 year anniversary of it. So yeah, I would also uh, like to nominate. Uh, if they were to remake the movie, I would want them to remake it in the style of Charlie Brown, just in shot for shot remake, animated, animated, hmm. just in the style of Charlie Brown. But Smalls is basically Charlie Brown, and uh, everything else is just really built up. <laughs> I think that would be super fun to see. I think if you switch the medium, it, it makes it a little bit more fun. Oh um, my goodness! There's already so many ties, uh, like how you have. Um, when the vacuums explode, he looks very much like Pigpen. <laughs> Either yeah. Timmy or Tommy, and I forget which one's which. Um, well, that's really it—just the dusty kid. <laughs> <laughs> and then James Earl Jones. That whole scene is just like, <laughs> yeah, really, Mister. You used to play with Babe Ruth. <laughs> Wow, that's unexpected. Then he gives the ball over to, to Dennis Leary, and Dennis Leary's like, <laughs> Man, even that trombone is gruff. Oh, man, I, I forgot to mention this earlier, but my favorite part of that scene with Dennis Leary and Spalls, keep your eye on the ball. Like That's all he kept on telling him. Just keep your eye on the ball. Like, you're not helping him. You're not helping the kid. What he should have been saying was, I'm going to throw this at your face. (laughs) All right, so, Grace, what would you say, uh, what what are your reasons to recommend this movie? I'd have to say my reasons to recommend are, uh, there's a lot of fun, nostalgic pieces, which we mentioned in a lot of these flashback flicks. But not just nostalgia from, oh, I remember when I was a kid watching it. Uh, a nostalgia from like an Americana sense because it does have a lot of the uh, like just viewing things through the eyes of a kid at that age. It's not the way things were. Mm-hmm. It's the way things were interpreted. So uh, I think it's uh, it's just a lot of fun to, to be like, what if things could be that way to a certain degree? And it's uh, it's fun to see how this is the most important thing in their lives at the moment, and the stakes are super high for them. And it is a Babe Ruth ball, and I I understand all that. And it, the relationship with Dennis Leary and Smalls makes it very much real. Um, like, the whole high, higher stakes of the story is dependent on their relationship, which is kind of interesting. Um, but I, I think the fact that, like, this is super high stakes for them, it finds a way of helping you buy into those high stakes in a way that isn't we buy into it because we're told we should buy into it. It's very organic. Um, and it's just a fun movie. It's an episodic piece. The fact that they all have a uh, chaw and throw up on the tilt whirl really doesn't affect the plot, but it's a fun <laughs> episode in the, the summer of their lives together. So, uh yeah, I I think it's a it's it plays like a really fun nostalgic episodic piece. Absolutely, yeah. I would say I'd recommend this movie because it really is like 
I, the thing I realized the most after this movie is that it's a movie about baseball that's not really about baseball. Um, like Moneyball. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly not about baseball at all. Um, but yeah, like, you know, baseball is kind of the centerpiece um, that kind of brings them all together. But most of the movie is about friendship and being a kid um, and being awkward and being accepted and it's it's a coming of age story it's a coming of age story and it's super fun and i'd recommend it especially if you are um looking to just have a good time because like i said I, i just smiled throughout the entire viewing of this movie and it was um endearing honest sweet and just one of the uh, I'd say more uh, earnest, honest films um, about like this this slice of life in this guy's life, which is why it's a classic and is going to be around for, for a very and... long time, <laughs> a very very long time. Well, that is our review of. The Sandlot. Let us know what you thought of the movie on Twitter. We are at Flashback Flicks. And let us know what you thought of our review on iTunes and SoundCloud. Leave a review telling us um, like what you would think this movie review would go on to do. Like, <laughs> For example, like, will we get really caught up in the 60s and never yeah. be heard from again? Will we start our own Little League team? Yeah, exactly. And be sure to tune in next time where we take your order with the 1997 Nickelodeon classic, Good Burger. I'm a dude. He's a dude. She's a dude. We're all dudes. Hey! Cannot wait. Uh, So be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until next time, remember to be kind and rewind. 